On today's episode of Recur Now, we take a look at how subscribers can fuel your revenue streak. Plus, a feature on Patty McCord, the people professional who went from bopping around border towns to streaming giant Netflix, where she created a Bible for culture for some of the biggest names in the Bay Area. From ProfitWell's Boston HQ, it is Monday, September 9th. I'm Abby Sullivan. And I'm Grace Gagnon. It's a beautiful day to subscribe. Up first, your recurring revenue headlines with Grace. How the sub-economy impacts music revenue, which company beat its earnings estimates, and do you know how to fix a broken email? We're breaking down today's top subscription news. The music business is booming, and it's all thanks to the subscription economy. A Wall Street Journal article says revenue from recorded music in the U.S. rose 18% to $5.4 billion in the first half of the year, driven by growth in subscriptions to streaming services such as Spotify, Apple, and Amazon. WSJ also reports that paid streaming services added more than 1 million new subscriptions a month in the period. It'll be interesting to see how subscription streaming will continue to power growth growth in the music industry. Workday, a company that sells software for human capital management, beat its earnings and sales estimates for the second quarter. The company is also raising its outlook for subscription revenue. Workday CFO Robin Sisko says, Based on our second quarter results, we are raising our fiscal 2020 subscription revenue outlook and now expect subscription revenue of $3.06-$3.07 billion. Pretty cool stuff. And tell me a greater pain than spending hours crafting the perfect email only to find out there's broken links, rendering issues, or it landed in your subscriber's spam folder. We might have found an ebook that can help. It's by Litmus, an email software company. The ebook is called The Anatomy of a Broken Email and will take you through the most common email mistakes, how to email test, and why you should email test. Download today at litmus.com. And now back to Abby to go deep on a Washington Post update. We're eyeing the Washington Post as it unveils a new masthead this week and for the first time ever includes a VP of product, Cat Downs Mulder, an 11-year vet of the publication, all in a push to lure new subscribers. A large part of the Post's product push will focus on personalization within apps, paywalls, and email to engage current and potential subscribers because subscribers who visit the Post's apps now consume three times more content than subscribers to its website. Last year, the New York Times looked to quite the same strategy as they aimed to build subscription products for their portfolio with a new products and ventures team. Planned products were just one of the many ways the Times had gotten more focused on growing subscription revenue, the Times' largest revenue stream. The Post's product push comes as the company continues to put most of its resources and focus into accruing and retaining subscribers. CEO and publisher Fred Ryan attests, we view the Washington Post as a subscription product and any non-subscriber access is viewed as sampling in hopes that the reader becomes a subscriber. All for the goal of total subscription domination. And that's it for your subscription news for September 9th. We'll have more recurring revenue news for you here tomorrow. And now, a teaser for overrated, underrated. Overrated or underrated? Underrated. Overrated. Underrated. Overrated. Underrated. Overrated. Underrated. Overrated. Underrated. Overrated. Underrated. Tomorrow on Overrated Underrated, we discuss how do you guys feel about company equity? Hmm. 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 That's interesting. Find this and more like it on recurnow.com. 
And now we hear from former Netflix culture badass Patty McCord. Today's subscription sapien is Patty McCord, a people professional who went from bopping around border towns to the streaming giant Netflix, where she created a sort of Bible for culture that has helped some of the biggest names in the Bay Area. Here is why she thinks traditional culture is broken and why you need a different outlook too. Before her days in the subscription space of Silicon Valley, Patty began her career somewhere that might surprise you. Her first job was in a lumberyard, just out of high school, in an aim at making her dad proud, a figure who served as a defining factor in her becoming an influential, as one of the first real leaders she knew. Let's hear directly from Patty how her father's influence inspired her to reach C-suite level figurehead status. Listen into this clip from the Protect the Hustle episode featuring Patty McCord. You started your career in a lumberyard? Right out of high school. And I lived up in Oregon. I didn't have any work to do one winter, and I didn't want to go home and admit failure. So <laughs> I got a job in a lumber mill. That's cool. And one other thing that I thought was great is you dedicated your book to your dad. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm going to butcher the statement, but it was the, one of the first leaders you knew. Mm-hmm. Tell me, do you mind telling me? No, my dad was a border patrol guy. He was in the border patrol. Mm-hmm. We moved every two years of our life from one crappy little border town to the other. He was the youngest chief of border, the border patrol in Arizona. I think about him now because mm-hmm. the kids in detention centers would break his heart. He took it seriously. He was a good old boy. Grew up really poor, did this job because he had missed out on the military, so it was closest to it. And he was just speaking of developing, he read for, he was the smartest guy with no education. You know, he, he would run circles around me. And he also, he listened. For 14 years, Patty acted as chief talent officer at Netflix, where she established the corporate culture that backed a company with a $160 billion market. So just how did she do this? Take a listen to this clip from the Built on Purpose podcast. It was my job to deeply understand the business of what we were doing and where we were at in the business and what we wanted to accomplish and who we wanted to be, you know, then and when we grew up and, and to kind of work backwards and say, okay, if I'm going to staff this team or I'm going to create a team of people that work together to create and do amazing things, what kind of talent should I have to do that? And so I think that when you start the hiring process with the end in mind, meaning what what does the team need to accomplish? What pace are they going to run at? What's the time frame for doing things? What does amazing look like? Um, How do you know if the team is charged up? How can you see people working together? And then you can take that and parse it into individual roles and leadership then you're much more likely to hire the right person. But you're hiring the person to achieve amazing stuff in a particular role, not to have the right qualifications and years of experience. Completely agree with the sentiment. It's about identifying the problem you need to solve and then digging into what drives people, as well as what they really love to do, to successfully determine the right fit. She is seven years removed from Netflix, but has taken her skills to mentoring elsewhere, encouraging the business world to shake things up from accepting the so-called best practices to identifying how we can be better. During her time at Netflix, she presented to the board her report on Netflix culture, freedom, and responsibility, which has since become a guide for other startups and businesses in the form of her book, Powerful. 
Patty's 124-page culture report has been so influential, author, activist, and Facebook CEO Sheryl Sandberg has referred to it as the most important document ever to come out of Silicon Valley. But how is dumping the traditional culture approach that key to advancing? Here's a clip from Patty McCord's TED Talk, Eight Lessons on Building a Company People Enjoy Working For. We've created so many layers and so many processes and so many guidelines to keep those employees in place that we've ended up with, with systems that treat people like they're children. And they're not. Fully formed adults walk in the door every single day. They have rent payments. They have obligations. They're members of society. They want to create a difference in the world. So if we start with the assumption that everybody comes to work to do an amazing job, you'd be surprised what you get. This mindset switch from an assumption that your team is slacking to an assumption that you're working with people who want to create something amazing will alter your entire outlook on the everyday. Patty is a self-proclaimed cultural anthropologist, defining culture as more than the cliche so many of us view it as now. But she's not just a hands-on hustler. She's seen by startups and corporations as a powerhouse of fresh air, with her no BS outlook on the corporate world. In our quest for betterment, Patty urges us to toss the employee handbook, think like a coach, give purpose behind perks, and remain transparent for a company rooted in trust. She encourages us to focus on feedback, keep it direct, actionable, and ultimately, treat people like adults. Listen in again to a clip from Patty's TED Talk. Here's what I found. Humans can hear anything if it's true. So let's rethink the word feedback and think about it as telling people the truth, the honest truth about what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong in the moment when they're doing it. That good thing you just did, ooh, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Go do that again. And people will do that again today, three more times. If you enjoyed this snippet into the subscription Sapien, share this and make sure you're subscribed to Recur Now to receive them straight to your inbox. And there you have it, your September 9th episode of Recur Now. Check back here tomorrow where we do it all again. And if anyone you know wants in the know, send them to recurnow.com. <laughs> 